0: church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon.
1: Exodus uh, chapter 16, we're going to read some verses. It's a very common uh, scripture. You would know this story, so we're just going to take a few verses out of it. Exodus 16, Uh, verse 4, we'll read and then we'll move on. But also, if we turn to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, if you have that also open, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we'll start with verse 8 there. Amen. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a missionary, and uh, he was He was under a lot of pressure. Various things were happening in his ministry and life. And and we were just talking and he made common how hard it was to ask for money. To be able to ask your mother church. He knows the responsibilities that the mother church has. And he said these words, it always boils down to money, the money issue. And I got to thinking about that because... There is so much uh, interplay that goes on between those that go and those that send, especially about money. And so I want to preach about God's provision and the money issue. Exodus chapter 16, we're going to look at the subject of manna and then go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 4 says these words, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold... I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. We'll go down to verse 14. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, This is bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let each man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to his needs, to each one's need. And Moses said, let not one leave any until the morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Uh, Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. Now let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8 to verse 15. Paul writes, He says, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage, not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be an equality. As it is written, and we quote the verse out of what we've just read, He who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. I want to look with you first of all as we uh, think about this subject, this, this dilemma, this tension, this interplay regarding the money issue. At first, the test. One commentator said these words, the Gentiles owed them, speaking of the Jerusalem church, a spiritual debt which is to be repaid by material blessing. I think all of us here would agree we serve a God of abundance. Jesus in another deserted place is going to provide enough food with 12 baskets left over. Second Corinthians chapter 9 the author Paul is going to write, always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. We know of Moses and the building of the tabernacle, the people of God, uh, uh, because they had plundered the Egyptians by the will of God. There was an abundance of resource. Uh, they brought it to Moses. He had to restrain them because they had so much I think all of us would agree we serve a God who pours out His blessing, grants us an abundance for every good work. He's not stingy, but we serve a God who blesses with an abundance. Yet in our text, we find the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them. This test was going to center around a certain quota. Can I say this to you this morning? God has a portion for you. God has a quota. God has a portion with your name on it because the truth is, poverty messes you up. In verse 2 of chapter 8, it says that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. We understand that this can even be uh, uh, in the people of God. In verse 2, it speaks about the, in, of the other text. It speaks, oh, that we had uh, uh, died when we sat by the pots in Egypt, they're complaining because poverty can mess us up. I remember Pastor Success sharing the story when he first went to Nigeria, began to pastor there. He was only there two months and Brother Ross Hounslow from Australia came through to do a revival. And as he's looking at this group of people that by the grace of God, he's begun to gather and their poverty and their struggle, many of these uh, uh people in the first early days had no jobs they they uh some sold some food on the streets it was very very and 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 because of that he said I didn't even collect a love offering for pastor Hounslow he just looked at that and said how could I ever ask now that's not uncommon there are many a pastor or a missionary that we there's overwhelming needs and we're afraid to preach on tithing we we look at people that are struggling we think well they they can't af- afford to to give and people have got you know it's it's hard and there's there's a real battle in the mind but i want to tell you something god's portion god's portion brings him glory exodus 16 verse 10 that they looked towards the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud though we may I want to tell you God has a portion for every person it brings him glory they were going to take that omer of of manna and they were going to put it in a gold pot this personal portion and place it in the Ark of the Covenant because they were going to highlight for generations, along with the law, along with Aaron's rod that was going to bud, that God chooses authority. But the fact also was going to be remembered that God has a personal quota portion because eaten bread was not to be forgotten. See, it has a profound impact on you when you really believe God has a portion for me. God has a portion for me and my church. There are those that perhaps they get launched out and they would rather sink than ask for help. We have had missionaries in the past, pastors that are in real crises Sickness, real issues in family that could have simply been resolved by realizing they had a quota, but they didn't ask. And that does not bring glory to God, or does it represent our church? One man said this, men that you find that are confident to ask you Will often be a man that's confident to come off support. The man that's not afraid to ask because he believes there's a quota is the same man that's not afraid to come off support because he believes there's a portion for him. This portion was not to be hoarded. It was not to be wasted. It was not. It was to be used and collected during a certain time frames before the sun came up. Uh, uh, it would, uh, they had to gather it before the sun came up. They had to collect twice the amount uh, before the Sabbath. And when they entered into the promised land, there was no more manna because this, this quota, this supernatural provision was designed for a season. It was a divine plan that was to meet a certain need at a certain time. Now, that is also true of support. I want to read a letter that Pastor Mitchell wrote, and I asked his permission in 2007. It was written to his missionaries out of Prescott. He said, May the Lord bless you today with all his rich blessings in Christ Jesus. We pray for you often, for wisdom and strength in your labors. He said, Pastor, I am writing to all missionaries from Prescott or those that are supported by Prescott. Some of you are in joint venture with Prescott and your home church. I am increasingly concerned that we are not seeing what we want and expect from our missionaries. While I know that every place and individual and nation has its own peculiarities, we must see disciples raised up and churches planted to be able to justify the vast financial investment that is being made in you. Some of our churches, after years of investment and ministry, run very few more people, 30 to 40, than these workers could run in a home Bible study in their home church. Others have not been able to achieve an indigenous level of financial support for the local church where they act as a missionary. This is even after years of our investment, sending evangelist teams, etc. While I do not want to denigrate or belittle your sacrifice and labor, this must change. If you are not making disciples, you are wasting your time and our money. You must have the de- desperation on the mission field as you would if your support was in a limited, phase-down schedule as in America. I pray you will find the mind of God for your nation and city and station. In our text... The Apostle Paul in verse 8 said, I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. No matter what realm we function in, no matter what place we pastor, no matter who we are, God has a portion for you. You know, I was thinking about uh, Jay Nembard, who uh, pastors our church in in uh, Jamaica, and uh, he was telling me that when he first went to Jamaica, he would tell stories of God's provision, what God had done in his own life. But he said people would look at him, and it would have little impact on them because they said, "Hey, you're a you're just a rich British British boy. You know, you you don't even know what we go through here." And so he found it very hard. But then as he began to contend, more and more from the church began to believe, began to tithe. And he remembers when a young man in the church stood up and testified that he'd begun tithing and a car uh, drove past and the window wound down. And this complete stranger said, hey, you. He turned he said, hey, tell me about yourself. And this young man said, well, uh, uh, I'm a Christian. And the guy smiled and said, ah, God told me to give you this, and handed across uh, a whole bunch of money and gave it to you. Now, when the young Jamaican man stood before the assembly and said, I tithed, and God did that, it was wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> there was a, a sister who testified, again, a Jamaican sister who testified, she uh, uh, had earned uh, six thousand Jamaican dollars, and went to to tithe in the service, uh, and she only had a thousand dollar note. You know, six hundred is the tithe. I got a thousand, uh, but she said, "You know what, Lord?" And she, and she put it in there. Uh, a few days later, she had a bill for her child of six thousand dollars for a school uh, bill that she had to pay, and she's praying. And uh, she got a message, uh, and a friend of hers from overseas had just wired into her account 6000 Jamaican dollars. So she testified, and people went, wow, because God has a portion for you. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what, God has a portion, and it involves faith, and it involves obedience. That prayer, Lord, give us today our daily bread, is not just some religious uh, quaint prayer, but it is a powerful reality that God has a provision no matter where you minister, no matter where you live, no matter who you are, there is manner supernatural provision that is designed for you. Amen. The second thing that I want to look at is the ability to gather. You know, there was a recent outrage (coughs) in America because it turned out that uh, President Obama had released $500 million uh, to train Syrian rebels to fight ISIS. And in the congressional hearings or in some sort of a hearing, they were actually questioned, well, how many soldiers do we actually have on the battleground? And it turned out that they had five Others had deserted. Others had not even joined. And so the furor was we spent $500 million to train five soldiers. Now, I want to tell you the issue actually was not the money. You know, governments deal in $500 million all the time. The question was, what is the return? The error of my friend, my missionary friend, is uh it's always the money issue but i want to tell you that's that's not that's not the perspective that's not the issue it's not about the money any one of us who plants churches knows it's going to cost money and lots of it anyone that sends a missionary is prepared to and willing to be stretched. $500 million to the American government is actually part of their budget. Monthly support. Extra requests for vehicles and a 1,000 pounds here. and This broke down. We need help here. All of those things are understood. The text in 2 Corinthians does not even mention the word money once, yet it's all about money. It describes it as a grace, as a service, as a fellowship of the ministry, as a blessing, as a manifestation of love. We are not giving you 3,000 pounds simply for your child's education. We are giving to a vision. We are giving that involves us believing that God is using you and with you and is doing a work through you in another nation. The money is not the point. So here's the issue. And it's a slight diversion if I can make it, but it's an important one. It is about spiritual communication. I'm just saying from our side of the fence. You know, when you don't hear anything from missionaries... For months and months, and then out of a blue, you get a two-line email. My car has broken down, please send seven hundred and fifty pounds and also the school fees of three thousand. Thank you. I don't know. I know Pastor Greg has a much larger heart than me. You know, I know that. You know, that's clear. But I get the, I get that email and something says I haven't heard from you for months and months. 3,000 pounds for the school fees and 750 for the car, thanks. You know, it's like, do you know what 3,750 pounds means to me? Do you know what it means to us as a church? That's probably nearly 20 people's monthly tithe. But actually, there's more to it than that. Because if you have some faith with it, if there's a, a there's something communicated, then it, it hey we know it's going to cost. You know Tyrone Raby, God bless him, he's fighting the fight in Swansea. You know, man, I'm praying. He's 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 out there fighting the fight, doing a good work. He's battling down down there, doing a work for God. And he rang me the other day, and he's just talking to me. He said, ah, and in the conversation he goes, oh, yeah, I went and I went to uh, uh, Winfred Bonnie's house. Now, for those of you who don't, Winford Bonney used to play professional football for Swansea uh, Football Club. He now plays for Man City. Uh, and he, I said, oh, yeah. He says, yeah, he, he, I'd met him in Swansea and, and talked to him about the Lord. And, and uh, uh, he's now up in Man City, but he's actually uh, he's injured. And he called me a little while ago because he said I was the only one he knew. Would I come and pray for him? <laughs> now, I didn't do that because I'm not impressed by fame or anything like that. Like... <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> wow, really? And so he went all the way up, all the way up to Manchester, uh, met, went to Winford Borney's house, met him and his family, prayed for him. Prayed for all the family, led them to Christ, prayed for his healing, and you'll notice in the last few weeks, Winfred Bonney's been playing and scoring. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I want to tell you something. When Tyrone, no, I shouldn't really say because he asked for money after the service, but when he, <laughs> when he said those words. You know, and he wasn't really, it was just part of the conversation. It's like something in me, it's like, Tara, I know you're battling down there. I know you're not seeing what you want to see. And we all share that frustration. And, and But what that, for, someone calls you and says, you're the only one I know. I want to tell you, my brother, God's with you. I want to tell you, my brother, and if God is with you, I'm like, hey, I'm with you too. <laughs> Hallelujah. So here is, the, here is the issue. It's not about the pounds and the pence. That's, that comes with it. But it certainly helps when we know that God is with you. When we get the feedback when we get the reports, the photographs, the, the video footage, when we know that you're telling us stories about how you're contending and a miracle that God did for you on the field, it doesn't have to, It's that's fine, we're, we're here to help you. But by letting us know God is with you, you're working this, you're, you're, God has done this, it just helps us because the amount of money is not the issue. We deal with money here. We send money. That's what God's called us to. But it's really about you and the work. We determined a long time ago that that our heart, God help us, come hell or high water, is is that we're into this. But give us your faith. Give us your life. Give us your passion. Give us a zeal for God and let us know what God's doing.
2: Hey there, Sermon Podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to just take a second here to thank you once again for listening to this sermon podcast. We've had an explosive rate of growth and listenership for the past few weeks, and we hope that you appreciate these daily sermons to encourage you and help you. I just want to share a couple of ratings that we've gotten in the Apple Podcast application Clint B. writes a five-star review. He said, I am so grateful for our fellowship. Thank you. This podcast, very helpful through the day. Uh, Bobby Sanford from North Carolina said, inspiring. Awesome to hear sermons that are encouraging and inspiring to the church. Uh, We could really use your help to add a couple more of these very helpful reviews. Uh, These do help us to get the word out about this podcast. I want you to know that we have a truly worldwide impact with this podcast from the United States to the UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada, Romania, Afghanistan, Namibia. Vietnam, Switzerland, Kenya, India, Russia, Hong Kong, Ghana, Uganda, Guam, Meritus, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Zambia, Japan, Jamaica, Malaysia, Israel, Ukraine, the list goes on and on of nations that are listening to these sermons. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're sharing these when you hear a good one. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of what you like about this podcast. Thank you again for listening, and back to the rest of the sermon.
1: A slight diversion, but an important one, but now we're back. Because what we're looking at is the ability to gather. The children of Israel did so and gathered some more and some less. So, I don't know, they have a time period. Is it a distance from the tent? Why some were able to gather more, they could get to where the manor was quicker? Is it their age, their strength, their ability? Whatever it was, there's certain abilities, some people could gather more than others. The Bible says they didn't know at first that what it was. What, what is this? This is angels' food. I want to tell you, you may begin first in the ministry with certain levels of faith about God's provision. but somewhere, my brother, you better get to know what it is, that God has a miracle provision for you and it's dependent on your ability, to gather it. And you better gain that ability to gather it. That requires faith. That requires obedience and stewardship. You know, Pastor Success told me that, that uh, you know, he was in Australia several years ago at a conference, and I'd preached a sermon about going full-time out of the widow of Zarephath. And he's sitting there, and God's speaking to him. Because he's pastoring in Nigeria, she she fed the pastor. That's what she did, and he came up to me and he said he said I came up to you after the the message. And I said, Pastor, I'm going to go back to Nigeria. I'm going to challenge our church. I want to go full time. And he said, as soon as he said those words, he went, come come back, come back, come back. What am I? Doing? But he said them. I said, Amen. Amen. But he said, I went back to Niger. Nothing has changed except his heart and mind. God has a provision for us here. And as he began to preach, he said the offerings doubled and then they tripled. And it wasn't a long time later he was able to go just before he left self-supporting. Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Yes, he can. The ability is not only to believe for God's portion, no matter where you are, but gather it. I'm going to show you some pictures. Uh, First of all, this is the building, I hope, in Namibia. Namibia, uh, 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 the church there in Namibia was launched out of the Rotherhithe congregation a number of years ago. They built that building. No money from London in Namibia. I want to show you another picture of a building in Kenya. This building here, and, and I'm looking at that picture because that must be round the back. Even that, I, I, you know, I've been if, if, what that see that building. They built that. That is actually looks very English with all the hedge. But I want to tell you, right on the other side is the Kabera slums. I've been there. It's right on the edge of the slums. Incredible poverty in that area. But yet Pastor Payne went in there, began to believe, you know what, these folks, God can release a provision for them. A little money was given from America, just a little bit. Largely, the large percentage was raised up out of the Kenyan congregation and they built this incredible building themselves. I want to show you the plans that Glenn Botu has for his building in Nigeria. Pastor Ayo mentioned putting money in as did we and a few other pastors we put. But I want to tell you, we probably put in, I'm guessing, maybe 10%. This is going to be built by the Nigerian congregation. The Akeja uh, congregation are raising funds, and they are going to be building that building. I want to show you a picture of a church out of Glen Botu's church in Akeja, and this is a work, this is being, being built. We have Brother Tayo with us uh, uh, this evening, him and his wife Fumi, and they're here with us. This is a, this. This was a couple launched out of our church in Akaja, Pastor Glenn Botu, and they have raised money themselves and they are building this building. The point that I want to make, thank you, is that God has a portion. God has a portion wherever you are Some gather more because they had a greater family. Some have more mouths to feed. Well, Waltham Snow, Waltham Forest, you got plenty of money. I mean, look at your new sign. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd put that in there. (laughs) If you missed it, you can come round again and have another look at it. (laughs) Look at all the equipment. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of money that passes through here, because we have a lot of mouths to feed, but it requires as much, if not more, faith. You know what the danger is? We become a little self-absorbed, and we we become feeling that our work is the only work that needs to be continually invested in, that our work is the only work that that must have money. It's the only work the missionaries must continually be sent to. You know. Pastor Evert Volk is probably one of the most liberal men that I know. He pastors the, he's the leader of the Dutch Fellowship and a very, very liberal man. And he was telling me a story. They had launched a missionary from another one of the works in Holland. And uh, this pastor was ready to, this new man was, he was going to be launched anyway, but he had spoken and said, I've got a job, I can have a job in India. And uh, it was agreed that he would be sent there and uh, he would work his job and, and uh, uh, you know, it would take little support because, Pastor, I've got a job. Now, we don't launch people because of a job. Can you say amen, right? You've got a job, oh, we're going to launch you. That's not what we do. But this man was going to be launched. He had a job. Hey, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to launch uh, and he's going to go in. And, but the trouble was he gets announced, launched, uh, money raised to help uh, uh, with equipment and all the bits and pieces. And he gets there and he loses his job after three months. So now what are you going to do? What's Pastor Volk going to do? So Pastor Volk and, and the other pastor, I believe, joined and they start supporting him. Well, that went on for years. Now, remember, the initial launch was not to do that, but they did it, and they supported him for years until finally they came to place and said, no, we can do this no more. And this missionary got the hump. He said, you've lost the vision, Pastor Vok. You're enlarging your building, and you're not supporting the work in India. If we're not careful, we become very obsessed with our own. I want to tell you, God has provision wherever you are. It required haste. It required intensity. God's provision is not welfare. They had to get up early before the sun came out. It required work and industry. Some gathered more. Some gathered less because there are different spheres uh, of area. There are different circumstances, but all have the ability to gather. There's miracle money in the mission field, and it's not a bottomless pit that constantly God has provision wherever it is. You know, Victor Conquo made this comment to me. Uh, he's now in grace, and he made this comment. He said, Pastor, he said, everybody that goes out should count the offering. I said, What do you mean? He said, I think everyone should, should that's going to go out and preach should at one point be counters of the offering. I said, Why? What do you mean? He says, Well, He says, the trouble is sometimes you think you're the only one giving. He said, I remember when I used to go and count the offering. He said, obviously you don't say things to anybody, but he said, I knew people. Sometimes a check goes past, little checks go past, and he said, I know these people. He said, I know they're in trial and difficulty. And yet, week in and week out they 're faithful to give. He said, "I think everyone that goes out should have that revelation of what it means it's more than pounds and pence my brother it's more it's people's lives, but listen they 're giving because they believe in you they, We believe in this we We, we know it's going to take money don't be afraid, we know it takes money, but all we want is faith. we want report we want we want uh, 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 work and labor we just we want to know that God is still with him. God's with you. We're with you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want to close with a willingness to share very quickly. A good friend of mine, Greg Farrell, uh, told me a story that he uh, uh, had visited Nigeria, and uh, he was coming out of Nigeria. He'd been there quite a while, and some of the men had uh, given him uh, a, a bit of a love offering, and he had some Nara, and had some money left over. And so as he's going to the airport, he's got this, this wad in his pocket. And he's thinking, mm. he said, you know, maybe I should just give it, give it to the guys here, you know. And then a little voice in his head said, well, you know, you're flying back to Australia. You're stopping off. I think it was in Dubai. Maybe you might need it for a coffee, uh, maybe some food in the airport. So he thought, oh, I'll just keep it. So he kept the Nara. You know what happened. He lands in Dubai, goes to get himself some coffee and some food, pulls out the Nara, goes to hand it across, and the guy said, we don't take Naira. He's kept that Naira, and he has it hanging on his wall at home. And he has that there as a reminder, and that is when you don't give what God tells you to give, it becomes nothing in your hands. I missed a point, so I'm going to rewind. Just forget you heard that last little thing. (laughs) I just want to go back to the bottomless pit thing. Giving miracle money in the mission field, there's miracle money there. This is not just giving to a bottomless pit. The Bible says in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. Now at this time your abundance Supplies their lack, but that their abundance may also supply your lack. I was thinking about Nigeria years ago. We gave to Nigeria, didn't we? For years, we supported that work, poured in money. But now, they're building their own buildings. Now, they're launching churches all over. Now, they're bringing offerings to us. I'm thinking about Guyana, South Africa that now they're planting churches, they're paying and, 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 and supporting those works themselves because what we're giving to is not just some bottomless pit that just swallows everything up. We're giving because one day we believe they not only will stand, but they will enter into miracle provision of God's provision and they in turn will give and replicate. Can you say amen? now? next to this willingness to share, Great Farrell, Nara, da, 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 da. When you don't give what God tells you to give, it becomes in your hands. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> As it is written, he who gathered much had nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. What does that mean? He who gathered much ended up with nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. Does it mean that the person that went back to his tent, he's grabbed a whole heap, and somehow when he gets back, it kind of all just disappears? And the person that gathered a little, it just kind of multiplies in his tent? Or... Is there a central distribution point that people gather heaps and they bring it to the central distribution point? Others grab a little, bring it to the central distribution point. So it doesn't matter whether you gathered lots or little. In the end, you just got your one oma of manna. I really try, went over this trying to work it out, but I, I think both of those explanations are unlikely because the context of our New Testament Scripture is, explains it by equality. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 13, For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality, as it is written, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. So maybe this is what happened. A man is gathering for his large family, He has lots of mouths to feed. There's lots of omers to gather. He he can't carry it all, perhaps, and time is running out. His tent is a long, long way away. Uh, uh, The sun is coming up, uh, and he goes back to his tent, uh, and though others may look, wow, he's got a lot, it's actually not enough. He can't gather what he needs. Yet a few tents down the road there's one man who's just got a wife he doesn't have kids left he's a young man full of athleticism and he's out there gathering up the manor, and and uh, he goes back to his tent but he's an obedient young man he's got a whole lot of manner they take one omer for him one omer for his wife and now they've got an abundance left over and they walk out of the tent and they go down the road to the brother who's there who has not who who has who has a lack and out of my abundance I'm now going to give you, uh, and now we're all equal. Out of my abundance, I'm going to make up for your lack. The miracle of God's provision does not stand alone, but it depends on the saints being willing to share the manner that God has blessed them with. The Macedonians did it out of great poverty. Paul did not expect them to give what they gave. But the Knox translation said they begged us most urgently to allow them the privilege of helping to supply the needs of the saints. The the Philippians version, Philip's version says, in fact, they simply begged us to accept their gifts and so let them share the honor of supporting their brothers in Christ who do you support who does your church support the manner that god has placed into your hands you know one of the missionary agreements that were sent out here that they were originally sent out out of jerusalem they said to them you remember the poor because part of church planting ethos is that there are times when we support and there are times when we need to be supported. The desire for equality is going to spur the Corinthian church to gather and to be liberal. The Lord Jesus, they were reminded, was, going, was willing to be poor so you could be rich. It's going to involve a commitment more than simply a willingness. It is to your advantage our text says, not only to be doing what you have begun and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. I have no doubt in this congregation there are many you desire, you want to do what God wants you to do, but now we've got to do it. You know, Guyana, I I, I love that nation. I think there are many things that tie us to that place. You know, time and time again we gave, didn't we? Remember years ago, fighting and sending money, resources, men. There was battles, there was loss. But now that congregation is church planting. And some of the video tonight, you're gonna to see that. Because it was more than a willingness it was more than just a once-off. There was something in us that said, you know what, we're going to keep on. We're going to keep on out of our abundance. We're going to keep on until they reach a point. See, each at his own level. Everyone has a, an ability to gather to be responsible, to believe God for their portion and what God an abundance that so they can do something for others. You know, again, uh, just like we quote Pastor Mitchell. Pastor Mitchell said, and actually, did he actually say that? We we used Pastor Mitchell said. Pastor Mitchell said, and he's always saying, "I have no idea what you're talking about." I'm going to use Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Greg Mitchell now, and I'm hoping this is true. <laughs> but but uh, I heard. <laughs> You know, many times when you're a missionary and, for example, hey, pastor, you need something from the shop? Yes, brother. And and he gives the, the brother some money. He's going to go and get you a Coke from the shop or something. And, you know, the, the amounts of money, you know, just get the Coke. And oftentimes the, 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 the brother, you know, there's a little bit of change, change. You don't worry about it. It doesn't mean much. You just take the Coke and off you go. Pastor Greg Mitchell challenged that. And so say he gives some money for for a Coke and the brother would go, buy the Coke, come back. He said, and the change, and and the disciple, "Mm, yes, mm," and put out the little bit of money that meant nothing to Pastor Mitchell, but he said these words, I think, I hope. (laughs) I heard, he said, this won't change my life, but it'll change yours. It's not enough to be, well, it's all right for you, you've got heaps. What about for you? What does God have for you? This is not welfare. This is not some endless aid that others should be eased and you burdened, but an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be inequality. There are laws to giving and life and that is as you invest, one day it's going to come back to you. One day in your need, God will give Unto you give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom for the with the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you again? I want to tell you when you give to church planting, one day you'll get back, one day there'll be things given back. Sometimes in your need, you'll be able to show a video, you'll be able to speak, have a testament, something that will help in a time of your need, even finances. Yeah, Pastor's success again was—you know—he's gone from standing in Nigeria, not willing to take a love offering because he, th- he thought it was t- people were too poor, to sitting years later in a conference when we were trying to raise ten thousand pounds for land in Ghana, and God spoke to him and said, "You need to give a thousand pounds out of your church, thousand pounds out of a missionary church." I mean, this is in London. I mean, look at all these people. Why should I give 1,000 pounds of these people in Nigeria? God said, give it. So he gave it. He said, two months later, he said, my landlord approached me about selling to us the Anthony Village Church. And you know the miracle of provision and blessing that God gave us with that, uh, that building. Because we're talking about every one of us can trigger miracles. This is an eternal element. I bring it to a close that this bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. We're speaking today about investing in the souls of men. Sometimes people get a little funny. Let me throw this in. Sometimes we've had church changes like Guyana when... Uh, 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 we reached a point where we appealed and Pastor Campbell came in and put a man in. And there are those that perhaps think, oh, have we lost that church? It's not our church anymore. I-, I don't see it like that. Let me tell you what I see. You know what the best way to keep our investment? What is our investment? It's people. The best way to keep our people is to give them the best pastor possible, wherever that's from. You know what, Lord? Keep our investment. Because it's people. What we're giving to is a vision. What we're giving to is a dream. Not a bottomless pit. Not endless forever and ever. We're burdened and they're eased. But we know one day as we give today, in time to come, they will give to others and give back in many, many ways. And closing, closing the test of manner is believing for tomorrow's manner. I don't have to keep it. Because God will provide for me tomorrow. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphrodites the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you, you can share your manner. You can share what God has given because you can be confident that God can open up the windows of heaven again and pour out a blessing upon you that there's not enough room to receive it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together. Amen. Lord bless you.
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org.